Welcome to Plaid Skirts and Basic Black, the podcast um, that talks about black stuff, Catholic stuff, life stuff, and everything in between with your host, Shannon and Marcia. And now on to the show. Good morning, Shannon. Morning. How are you today, Marcia? I'm good. How are you? Ah, holding up. I just got to eat lunch. You know, all good. All the good things. Well, Uh if you follow us on Instagram at PSBB Podcast, you know that Shannon was in Target this morning. And that was probably a great morning with no kids. You were in Target with no kids. It was amazing. I love to shop <laughs> for groceries by myself. I really do. Um, I'm a big fan of the various pickup services that they have at the grocery store, especially for basics. But um, I love to cook. It's one of my hobbies. And so, like, going to the grocery store and, like, seeing produce and looking at all the different stuff, like, makes me really happy. And so it felt so great to just be in target um and i almost got sucked into the target trap i almost bought a purse i was like i need a purse because it's a you know whatever um, i didn't i resisted yeah it was good. because who do you buy who should you buy a purse from did you forget no i bought you a purse. target i bought a purse from target for a trip you know what? I didn't buy- this is where Shannon and I aren't friends anymore because she doesn't realize. Did I, not- who I didn't she- buy a purse from you. You did not. What? I didn't buy a purse from you recently. No, you did not. She said, oh, I'm I sorry. need a purse. Oh, you're she's like, <laughs> I get it. She's like, oh, I'm like, really? Who should you buy a purse from? It's okay. I thought I- you said, who did you buy a purse from? And oh. I was like, I did not buy one from you. She's like, no. No, you did not. You almost bought one at Target. Oh, I see. But I resisted. You heard it here, y'all. You heard it here that Shannon did not buy a purse for me. It's okay. I didn't buy a purse from anybody. I know. I'm totally totally teasing. So to clear things up, I'm in in a direct sales company, and Shannon knows it. And so we were laughing about it. It's fine. Sometimes I really like those purses at Target. I almost bought a purse at Target yesterday. And I was like, you literally sell purses. You cannot buy a purse at Target. Grab one off your (laughs) Right? It's like you should, you cannot sell purses. <laughs> but anyway, uh, is that, so how how are things going? How's the weather in your area? Oh, it's pretty pretty <laughs> nice. Like- I'd say balmy with a cooler breeze in a positive way. Um, I actually have like a whole weekend off this this week, which is pretty rare in ministry. So I'm a happy camper. I'm just like sitting on my couch and so relaxed (laughs) and happy (laughs) and it's great. Um, And uh, I'm just doing silly things like recycling plastic bags from the grocery store and uh, putting things in the mail. And it feels very freeing because those feel like stressful things Mm -hmm. normally. So um, it's a very boring life, but I want it that way. Uh, (laughs) I'm pretty sure Chris Rock said that, you know, if a relationship is exciting, that's not a good thing. That's true of life. Like, if it's really exciting, unless you're, like, you know, President Obama or something who's, you know, exciting because he's, like, flying around the world doing stuff. Like that dude. What's that rich dude's name? Richard somebody? Branson? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, right. with that rich dude? Right? Can I be yeah. best friends with that yeah. rich dude? So, um, yeah, and we don't have that kind of money. So. We do not. You know, maybe we should get some sponsors for our podcast. Sponsors. Yeah. 
sponsor us so we can travel. We have about 20 solid listeners. So that's 20 people that will get your message. Yep. Hit us up, sponsors. Hit us up. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) how is the weather in Marcia's world? (laughs) Uh, Okay, so the weather in my world, it is, it's damp and humid all at the same time. (laughs) right it's like i just want to stand and eat comfort food while having a bad hair day so that Mm -hmm. you get Mm -hmm. it we both have curly hair you know how this works yeah but um no no, i uh it's been a a, like i'm off of work today which is really great because i have been on the verge of falling asleep all since i woke up so Mm -hmm. that sounds awesome (laughs) and i actually fall asleep on my uh second watch of today's topic i was like i'm gonna sit here and watch this again just you know to make sure it's fresh totally fell asleep i'm glad i set an alarm for this podcast every single week yeah. so yeah. it's like set 11 20 every week it's like boom <laughs> turn on your computer and talk to Get your act together <laughs> right and so i was like what is that and then i was like oh i fell asleep and so um but yes yeah, so i've been really exhausted it's just been a just a lot going on this week and um I haven't really had control of my time on my off time so today today is the only day of my off days because I'm off the rest of the weekend too that I have for myself and I was like I really should just sleep like that should be really what I do you know Uh and it's yeah um but so yeah like last night I made the boys beef stroganoff because I was like we're gonna have food tonight I mean, well, it wasn't real beef stroganoff because mm-hmm. that is expensive to make for 13 people. Yes. Like, yeah. that's like real life. You know that. Budget. So, yes. Right. Budget. So it was, Budget. A, it was a hamburger stroganoff recipe that I found that was quite mm-hmm. good. So just so you know, and it was good. They, delish. Everyone had seconds. Everyone had seconds. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's not good job. about. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where it's been. But it's it's been good overall. It's just kind of like it, I'm just in hibernating mode. So you can tell fall is coming because I was like, oh, the weather's changing. I will hibernate. And then when, <laughs> set, when it makes up its mind, yeah. I will enjoy it. And I will wear all the colors and my pupper mm-hmm. vest and mm-hmm. <laughs> have my pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll be wearing all the leggings, leggings and boots. Leggings. It's like my standard uniform from September to April, yeah, pretty so much. <laughs> I'm real excited. So. <laughs> So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's where we are. <laughs> I did forget to say one thing. Okay. Very exciting news. Yeah. Uh, if you have been waiting to follow me on Instagram, I know you've all been waiting so much. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. Uh, Marcia has been waiting. Uh, I now have, uh, I have my own account that's for my personal life, but since my kids are on there, um, just don't want to make that public. Uh, so you can follow me now. Um, at Team Quarter Black, what? Team Quarter Black on Instagram. Um, that's me, Shannon. Uh, and you can follow me at Team Quarter Black on Instagram. Uh, so, anyway, it, there will be pictures of me being basic, maybe occasionally uh, musing on the world, but you know, for the most part just me drinking coffee that's pretty much what it's gonna look like (laughs) yeah that's fine i'm fine with that i'm drinking coffee right now Mm -hmm. i'm actually burning a candle that um 
I like I, I should take a picture of it and put it on the Instagram. But it's a Bath and Body Works candle, like the white barn mm. candle, and it's white caramel cold brew. Mm. Right? That's it's a great candle. It's a great mm-hmm. candle. I'm like, this is a this is the best candle ever. <laughs> I was like, so, and I lit it this morning. I was like, we're doing our podcast today. I will light my candle to illuminate my basicness. Will <laughs> so, you light my candle? <laughs> I will. Yes. Will you light? My... No. Um, no. It's so funny when you uh, when I saw your team quarter black Instagram this morning because you know you start following me on all of my Instagrams mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was like quarter black and I just watched that episode this week. Yeah. It was Monday. Uh, yeah, it was Monday. It was like earlier this week while I was putting up shelves. So <laughs> I was like, Team Quarter Black, go Team Quarter Black, shelves. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Just saying. I was watching it and it was cracking me up. I was putting up shelves. It was happening yes. because since, since we covered that Psych episode for our season premiere, I have mm-hmm. been watching Psych. Now, that's all I've yeah, been doing is watching too. Psych. Not stop. I haven't watched anything <laughs> else except for Call the Midwife because I watched yeah. that today and then I stopped. And now now my Psych might be interrupted, Shannon, because that yeah. that show looks really good. So, have you not seen Call the Midwife I've before? seen a few episodes like because okay, it used to come on after Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I would, or Mr. Selfridge, because I was watching mm-hmm. Masterpiece all the time. And yeah. uh, Downtown I was going to get a movie. Pretty excited about that. But anyway, yeah. um, so I would watch those episodes when they would come out, but not like, oh, I must watch Call the Midwife. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is amazing. And you know what, Shannon, the whole time when I was watching it, there were a lot of emotions inside of me. And I was mm-hmm. crying. I was mad at you. I was like, why Shannon got me watching stuff that's <laughs> making me cry? And I'm like Gus. I'm a sympathetic crier, just like Gus. Just like Gus. I was like, (laughs) so yeah. No, it was um, seriously. It's pretty. It was. It's was good episode. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna get into it, and we're gonna. Yep, I love that. I love this show. Um, I tend to like the earlier episodes a little better than the current ones, but it's still good. It's still good, and it um. It's just kind of human and, and real, and I like it. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Or so, now. <laughs> but right now. Like, in less than a minute. Look how effective we are. We'll talk about it in a minute. But a minute is now. <laughs> I, I'm such a dork. I don't know why you put up with me. Um, anyway. Okay, so let's let's talk about it. So Call the Midwife. When did Call the... I don't know when that show started. When did it start? Have you been watching since the beginning? Yeah, I'm like season six or seven. So, um, you know, six or seven years ago. <laughs> Whatever that is. 2010-ish. Um, so it was while I was in Terre Haute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. So, yes. Yeah, so it is. Okay. So the 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 girl who we're following, she's the one narrating. Jenny. Jenny. Mm-hmm. It is Jenny. She is narrating. Mm-hmm. And it's her basically. Yes. It's like Wonder Years-esque. Yes, so it's her when she's older, narrating, and it's based off the, there's an actual woman named Jenny who was a nurse around the time that England switched over from private healthcare to the National Health Service, Mm -hmm. uh, where, uh, you know, that healthcare became available to everyone, Um, and so um, it's just narrating her experiences living in the east end of London, in the Poplar neighborhood, which is a very poor neighborhood in London, um, with lots of immigrants and dock workers as well. Um, so that becomes a, a 
thing later on in the series and uh just narrating what it was like to be a nurse at that time and how it changed her and how it changed her life uh so that she has a book and then they made that into a show and the show has continued on even though jenny herself is no longer on the show (laughs) at this point not a spoiler because it's like seven seasons in so (laughs) okay so jenny doesn't narrate anymore then does someone else she does she still does actually long story you'll see (laughs) okay i mean that's cool that's really funny to me i didn't even know that well there Mm -hmm. you go oh yeah she's only on i just looked i'm looking at wikipedia no but she's not um okay (laughs) like i i mean it's fine i'm okay with that i'm okay with people leaving shows that's so funny i'm like no one stays in the same situation in life for as long as these people stay Mm -hmm. in shows like real talk People move on and people find better mm-hmm. jobs and things like that happen and you True. just deal, right? Like that's real life. Anyway. Whew. I don't know why I'm yawning. I just had all this coffee. I shouldn't be yawning. Uh, um took a long nap. Right? That's right. I seriously and it wasn't even very long. It was just like maybe twenty minutes or not even maybe it wasn't quite twenty minutes, but it's okay. It's okay. We got this. Okay. So I liked this show so much, Shannon. Mm-hmm. Um, I started watching it and I love, I love women on bicycles. It just makes me so happy because yeah. I, I like riding my bicycle in my dress all the time. I'm like, yay, <laughs> we. Um, but I know that sounds really crazy, but the thing that, um, well, sorry, you can go ahead and talk first because then I can contribute because I don't know the, stu- I don't know the structure of the show. So. <laughs> That's fine. So uh, we watched season one, episode one, the pilot, um, and um, it shows Jenny coming into the East End and moving into uh, a convent. So she she is a nurse and she lives with other nurses as well as nuns who are nurses at St. Raymond and Otis house. Um, and, uh, she moves in there and she doesn't know that she's going to be living with nuns. So that's a surprise to her. Mm-hmm. And then, um, she has just recently kind of qualified through all of her tests. So she hasn't really been out, um, on her own as a nurse before. So she's a nurse and a midwife. And uh, that's where the show, of course, comes from. And it talks about their experiences, um, mostly as midwives, uh, helping women give birth in their homes, but also as well as um, as nurses, as district nurses is what they're called. So they go out to various homes and things. Um, and we we meet Dr. Turner in this episode, who's their doctor who oversees them, who becomes a very important character later, um, as well as all the nuns and um, and all, all of the nurses. There are more nurses who come later, but these nurses. So we've got Jenny uh, interacting with all of them and figuring out, you know, it's her first job and she's uh, from a middle class, upper upper class name. Um, family so she's never experienced poverty before and her encountering poverty in addition to uh you know think about all the things that went along with your first job and throw in the fact that you're living with a bunch of nuns and you are uh you know in life or death situations sometimes as a midwife slash nurse and uh and you're you know 20 
three or whatever you are just trying to figure out the world in addition so um there's some great stuff uh our very first introduction to the nuns is sister monica joan who uh seems like a crazy lady (laughs) but she's great and she becomes a great um character of both wisdom and comedy throughout the rest of the series as well so uh in in this episode in particular um after jenny um comes to the house and comes to the um, convent and she meets everybody. Uh, We see her interacting with two patients in particular, uh, uh, three patients in particular, one who is a um, Spanish-speaking mom who speaks no English and trying to figure that out. We see her also um, delivering for a young girl who's 23 and having her fourth child, and then she helps um, another woman uh, who is ends up uh, contracting syphilis. So that's a, another one that she has to deal with, which we can also talk about. Uh, and so that's what we see in this episode and, um, and kind of the lessons she learns in figuring all of that out um, and getting used to living in one of the poorest neighborhoods in London. So there it is. Yeah, there, there it is. <laughs> um, no, I, it's so crazy because I really did. There's so many uh, different characteristics of poverty. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter your race or anything. Mm-hmm. It's like poverty has the same look, right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. equal parts despair and joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know? Like, I know that sounds like insane with a lot of kids running around. Yep. <laughs> like I, you know, it's like. All these kids run around. It's so great. We love our kids. We don't know how to feed them, so we're super sad about mm-hmm. it. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you mm-hmm. know, or um, I, it's, it's just, it's one of those things where I was looking in, or there's the, like, there we the opening scene, there was a fight going on in the middle of the street. Yeah. Middle yeah. of the street. And between uh, Mrs. Winston, mm-hmm. um when it was so funny, I'm going to say this because it's in my notes. I love how she, when she was in the waiting room, she was pregnant, lighting mm-hmm. up a cigarette, and then they called Mrs. Winston. <laughs> I go, really? They should have just named her Mrs. Marlboro. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm like, that's why it cracked me up because I was like, Winston, ha! And I was like, oh, wait, no one else is here with me to laugh about how funny the lady who's smoking's last name is Winston. But that's yeah. cool. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but, like, a fight broke out right away. Like, fighting, mm-hmm. right? Like, boobs all out, pregnant as all get out, bam, knocking <laughs> people over. Okay, that that's cool. Like, I mean, but, you know, I thought that really is. That's that's what it looks like when people are mm-hmm. in poverty. They're fighting for everything they have. They're literally fighting. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, isn't that? Over a cheating man. <laughs> right? Right? Over a you cheating man. man. Like, you don't, nobody wants him. Like, literally no person should ever want him. You know who everyone <laughs> should want? They should want, um, I don't remember his name, but I called him the proto-Duggers. But, like, the um, that man, he was so good to his wife. Yeah. You know? Like, proto-Daddy yeah. Duggar. 20, 24, 24 kids. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and counting. Oh, God. I can't, girl, I don't. Dude, I don't think that's a thing I could do. No. no. I got so many kids, girl. Oh, my that's, gosh. As someone who's given birth four times, thinking about doing that 20 more times. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Four or five. Shannon, 
Oh my gosh, I just got really scared for you. Don't do that to me more times. <laughs> Don't do that to me. Don't. Oh my gosh. At that Responsible point, parent. <laughs> right? I'd be like, nope. Nope. That was, yeah. Oh, so, God. but yeah, so he, he's, he's, he seems like a good man, except, you know. Yeah. He can't just calm down a little bit. <laughs> just calm down a little bit, proto daddy Duggar. I don't like. Do you know what I mean? Just like, just take a minute. Just take a minute. Maybe learn Spanish, and maybe y'all can communicate differently. Maybe that can happen. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, so. <laughs> Oh, I'm awful. I know. But yeah, so they were like right away, they were fighting. Um, but I uh, really, I, don't know, I really liked it. It was so much of the, um, I was nervous at first and it kind of can be this. I don't know because I haven't seen the rest of the episode, but it was very much like they're the, like the nuns living with the poor and um, mm-hmm. they're Anglican nuns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you catch that? I was like, huh, look at yeah. that. Yeah. Anglican nuns, which is not so different because literally no, the Anglican church was built because Henry VIII couldn't get a divorce. Like, that's what yeah. happened. Um, anyway, so, um, like, the other nuns living there, I always have, like, they took a vow of poverty, obviously, but they're not poor and they're not poverty mm-hmm. stricken because they have access to resources. Yeah. You know, they're like, not stri- they're not no. starving. They have access to resources. So mm-hmm. that's one, it's one of those things. And then um, she's in there and she's living among them and with them, which is great. But at the same time, it's almost like I felt Jenny was kind of had like a whole white savior complex thing going on. Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. They were, you know they're all white. They're all white. So <laughs> maybe like, you know, upper class savior complex yeah. <laughs> or privilege complex. How about that? But mm-hmm. it was one of those yeah. things where it's like I need to save these people and um, I really like how the nuns kind of put her to rights, you mm-hmm. know, like over the course of all this time, like, yep, you're gonna have to do yeah. this or you can do this or this yeah. is fine. Um, and I was nervous that that's kind of what it was going to be. I mean, and it was that in the beginning, but it kind of has to be everyone. I did AmeriCorps, um, before mm-hmm. and there was some of that, you know, where like, mm-hmm. um, people my age are like, well, we have, we have to be here for these kids and we have to save them and we have to, you know what I mean? I'm just like. No, I think they'll be fine. Like, you're literally 20 years old. Like, what do you think you're going to do right now? You know what I mean? Like, you're 20, just like me. You have no money. It will be fine. Do you know what I mean? And she's like, you got, you got no resources. Right? And they had one girl that was in my core group with me, and she lived in, she's from Naperville. Naperville is mm-hmm. a pretty affluent suburb outside of Chicago, which is maybe 20 minutes away from me for people that don't know. And mm-hmm. she was very much like, I just don't get why they don't have better school lunches for them. Or I just don't, uh-huh. I mean, if they just, I wonder, they can, there are other places where they can get, I was like, they can't afford nothing. Like, what uh-huh. is wrong? And I thought it was going to be a lot of that, but it wasn't. Um, yeah. It wasn't a lot of her needing to learn every five minutes that all these people were poor. But yeah. it was a lot of her ex- um experience like watching her experience and watching her be humbled by the things that she learned mm-hmm, um, to mm-hmm. things that she probably previously thought herself superior yeah you know, without absolutely. realizing it and so i thought i really thought that was great especially when um when mrs winston came back the second time that she saw mm-hmm. her and how much time had passed between 
her visit with the fight yeah, on the street. They don't really say it. Like they cut, they cut time a lot because, like, you can't show every woman's nine month pregnancy in an right. hour show. Right? Like, right? No, you're right. So, because I, so because that's the one that struck me. It was like I was like, wait, did she just see her like three days ago? How does she now <laughs> have like this whole growth giant, thing, like, right going on and. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Okay. So that's good to know. I don't, you're like, I'm like, I have no idea. So do they just follow a certain set of pregnancies every episode? Yeah. There's usually like one or two storylines that they follow, uh, about that person's care, whether, um, sometimes they'll pick it up like two weeks before they're due. So it's only like a, you know, a mm-hmm. short period, but sometimes it's longer. Um, the thing to speak to that what you were saying just a minute ago. The thing that I really liked was Trixie, who becomes a really important character. Uh, She's the blonde nurse, if you've watched the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, she, at one point, sits down and is kind of processing things with Jenny, and she says, you know, um, basically, like, I used to think of myself as the main character, and she said, and now I realize that all of these women are the real heroines in the Mm -hmm. novel, right? That they're the ones who are... Um, doing these amazing things that I could never do because they're living in poverty, raising kids, trying to make it work for their families and struggle through some really horrific things. I mean, if you know anything about poverty, it can be not only is it stressful just trying to to support your family every day, but, um, you know, all of the problems that go along with that. And so many people can see violence and abuse and drugs and all of those things um that that certainly happen in other communities too but tend to go along with the stress of living in poverty and so um i really liked that she made that kind of the point and then we see jenny kind of adopting that at the end of the episode as her like motto um which is great because you know you can see that she's um gone on this journey where she recognizes that these people to go back to our uh, feminism uh, episode, right? That they are, uh, that they are complex and deep. They, they, uh, she lives in the world of Sonder. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I enjoyed that. That was one of the things. uh, And that's really the, the thread of the episode is this idea of, of encountering a new culture, um, while still serving those people, you know, um, And that's something when you're in a service profession or vocation, you have to be very aware of and very careful of is that savior complex, Um, you know, and recognizing, you know, especially as Christians in particular, like recognizing we're not a savior and we'll never be a savior. We only have one savior (laughs) and that's Jesus. That is Jesus. Oh, I thought you were going to name me for a second. I was getting like a little bit embarrassed and I was like, Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, what other uh, what other things did you uh, enjoy about the episode or find interesting? Um, one of the things I enjoyed about the episode is it's kind of revisited a theme that I learned about in sociology class back in the day. You know, back to this gosh, probably twenty years ago. Jeez, um, when it was a lot about uh, women helping women. Um, so, mm-hmm. my sociology teacher once was talking about how. Um, some early recountings of childbirth were some of them were like pictures drawn of there's a woman and she was squatting and other women were holding her up. 
Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so that was part of like their um, whole. That that's how they helped. It was like women helping women birth the children, mm-hmm. and like men were nowhere around, and it mm-hmm. was kind of like this was a community effort, and we were all involved, and we were all there to support the woman. And I can't remember exactly what the sister said, but not. Not Sister Monica, because she's hilarious. But um, mm-hmm. there was the other sister who was kind of like her boss. Mm-hmm. Right? Am I right about that? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And she was talking to her um, just about what it is to support that community. And I was like, it was more about women helping women. You know, like, it was more about that. It was like, we're here for them. We're here, you mm-hmm. know, to support them. And I can't remember exact what she said, but I remember I was like, I just wrote down women helping women. And I'm like, we're all in this together. And I wrote that down. And then I started doing the high school musical dance. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but no, it was just, I always think about that whenever I think about anything surrounding um, life and birth and I'm supporting mm-hmm. pregnant women. I always think about that image that, I, I um, learned in sociology about we're holding her up. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and her mm-hmm. support. And that's exactly what was happening in this community. Um, mm-hmm. And sadly, somewhere along the way, we lost that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we're trying to regain that a little bit, but I feel like we have lost yeah. that. Um, there's, there's not that quite that support right now. Um, and then just making sure that they have what they need. They can't, have everything they want. They probably don't get mm-hmm. everything they need, but they make sure they have everything they need in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure they're prepared. Like, I love how they were like, we send the birth box two weeks before mm-hmm. their due date. So here you go. It's all here and all ready, you know, mm-hmm. and then, and then she goes there to deliver the baby and then everything is in place. And I, mm-hmm. I like that. I re- I just thought that I thought that was really, just really wonderful. Like there was a lot of planning ahead and it wasn't mm-hmm. a matter of, okay, let's deal with this. Like a lot of care was given and a lot of attention Mm -hmm. was paid by this group of nuns to these, um, to these women. And I think a lot of that had to do with preserving their dignity and, um, preserving and also like welcoming, welcome, welcoming the child Mm -hmm. um, into the world with dignity. And I just think a lot of that has to do with dignity. And it was just very, very touching because, some like we really do forget that a lot you know like we forget mm-hmm. that so much of childbirth and you know this you've had kids and I've been I've, I've had a kid too like so much of your dignity feels lost in that moment of all oh, the God, things yes. that are happening <laughs> and are going on right and um it also is funny that then like on the other side of that, they were still like, you need to get an enema. And they're like, no. Yeah. And uh, it's like, it's high. I'm so hot. glad they don't do that anymore. They still give enemas. I had to get an enema. What? Yeah, I did. I it was awful. You didn't have to get one? No. I was like, when I was in labor, they're like, here you go. And I was like, I don't want that. Oh, 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 oh. oh. <laughs> well, you also had all of your children after I had my child. So. Yes. Yes. Really? Much later. That's uh, legit. Really? I'm so jealous because that was awful. No, I have memories I of that. Never, oh, I felt I it. Mean, oh, I felt it when she was going through. I was like, I know. Oh, honey, I know. God I know. knows what, what happened. I didn't look because it's pretty horrifying. I but mean, <laughs> Like you would know if you had one, Shannon. I, no, I know I didn't have an animal. <laughs> okay. I was like, I didn't look. I go, no, honey. It's not about looking. It's no, about I feeling and no. movement. But <laughs> Never mind. I know. Sorry. <laughs> oh, about all the other things. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. It's to prevent some other things from happening. But yes. now they just don't prevent them. So no, they don't. No. Because <laughs> it's normal. It's normal. It <laughs> anyway. No, but I can't remember the exact. She goes, it's high, it's hot, and it's here. Is that what she said? Yes. <laughs> and I was like, it yeah. was hot. I was what? like, and it was hot. I was like, that's not okay. <laughs> I was like, and mine was not hot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, girl. So gross. Oh. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, no, that's so crazy. Oh, yeah, it would have been long after because I met you after I had Dylan. Like, mm-hmm, I met you, mm-hmm. like, a year after a that. Point. So you were still in college, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's so funny. You're like, yeah, no, I have not had children by then. Okay, well, good thing those practices are all over now. They're all over. <laughs> okay, but um, so, but then on the other side, there was, like, but I think it was also still, even though it seemed like, whoa gross it still is to preserve her dignity in some way yeah 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 yeah. but no i really um i really like that first childbirth scene Mm -hmm. with the girl who got in the argument with mrs winston at the Mm -hmm. that lady she was all kinds of horrible to people poor winston yeah um but yeah no i really like that conversation with her because it helped ease jenny into like this is how things happen and Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. and hitting her with the reality thing she's like there's newspaper under here yeah we want to preserve the mattress there's yeah. all this stuff they can't afford to buy a new one like mm-hmm. do you know like and so but no i Who really can afford to buy a new mattress no like also no i'm glad i didn't have a baby at home right anyway. <laughs> um also i know that i can't because remember in previous episode i talked about slipping someone money so i can take this mattress with me that mm-hmm. i love <laughs> my new mattress here <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's okay i can't afford to buy a whole nother one maybe bribe somebody mm-hmm. it's fine Maybe that, no. Um, that is not ethical. It's not. Oh, gosh, it's not ethical. Oh, we know this. I know this. It's okay. God will provide. God will provide a mattress in the form of bribery. No. <laughs> no. no. But no, so that was one thing that stuck with me the whole time, that the theme of dignity was mm-hmm. so, just across the whole episode, you yeah. know. Just, yeah. I, I really I think- loved it. Yeah, I agree. And one of the ways, one of the little ways that they showed that that was so lovely was Mrs. Winston, who we all sort of are like, why? This is a mean lady. Nobody likes Mm -hmm. her. She doesn't treat her kids well. Um, You know, Jenny's kind to her and um, at the end and, you know, she kind of responds and she pulls out this one perfectly preserved teacup from her grandmother that you can tell was from from an old set Mm -hmm. that was you know sort of well loved in the middle of this sort of dirty um messy house you know that's falling apart um she pulls out this one beautiful teacup and that's what she serves you know her her special guest Mm -hmm. jenny she serves her tea in that and i was like you know we all find ways in the midst of adversity to preserve our own peace of mind and dignity and um and that like in spite of all of that uh, there's this beautiful humanness and love that we all carry with us. Um, and I think that um, has a lot to do with like kind of the undergirding of like this idea of, of new life and, um, you know, this message of the beauty of new life and the beauty of life in general, um, that every human life is good and is worth preserving and taking care of you know we see that with the the spanish couple or the the spanish mom with 24 kids like she the proto-duggers 
Hello. Yeah, Let's the call them what they are. <laughs> um, you know, they have uh, they have a baby early and and they think it's stillborn and then all of a sudden they realize it's still alive and she um refuses to send it to the NICU which you know all of us who are watching are like horrified we're like that baby's gonna die send it to the NICU um but she cares for it over and over um it, right and that idea that like um even those those lives are worth saving and they're beautiful and necessary and that's really really lovely so uh great episode great episode that part shannon that whole time i'm watching the show and weeping weeping and i was like shannon is not my friend anymore she made me watch this (laughs) i'm like i was like i'm like i'd rather watch joyful noise again than cry all the time just kidding i'd rather not watch that show ever again in my life ever again in my life um maybe just for the Kirk franklin maybe maybe but no um I was, oh my gosh, because the whole time I was like, oh no, what's going to happen to these kids? I go, that poor oldest daughter is going to have to raise them and that husband's going to be devastated. He mm-hmm. might turn to the drink. Like, <laughs> I was like, they're going to lose the their drink. mom. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was, because I was like, that's how this happens, you know, and it's mm-hmm. sad yep. and awful. And she was so strong and I was really mad at Jenny for being like, oh, can you go get us more bowls? I was like, yeah. Girl, she just lost her brother. Maybe she might be losing her mom. Can you please? Can you please? Can she live? Can she cry for a minute? Like, I was like, I was not okay with that. But I know that Jenny was, I think Jenny herself was trying to be strong and not emotional. Yep. So she's like, I'm going to call on everybody else to be strong and not emotional, even though it's perfectly appropriate for them to fall apart in this moment. <laughs> It's perfectly appropriate for the the husband and the daughter to lose their minds right now. Do you know what I mean? And yep. then I was, oh my gosh, and I was a mess. And they had the stillborn. And oh, you just oh yeah. the baby. He was so gray. And I was like, oh, baby, no, no baby. Yeah. And, oh. what I, and I remember I had the thought. I go, you should try and save that baby. Why are you trying to, like, push on its chest? <laughs> push on the baby. I can teach you infant CPR. Can we make this happen? Where's the suction thingy? Let's make it happen. And I was really sad. And um, then then I heard the baby cry. And, like, you saw the feet. And, it, like, it was in the mm-hmm. Because they didn't. It was one of those things where you, like, didn't realize what couple that was. You're like, oh, my God. That is their <laughs> baby. That baby. And, like, and it was just so wonderful um because life finds a way you know mm-hmm. um and i love that <laughs> jeff goldblum right well, yes. well life finds a way jeff goldblum but also christopher eccleston the ninth doctor said it oh yes that's in an episode of doctor who so i'm just saying i was like and and it just that's the first thing i thought but yes jeff goldblum also because is it jurassic kingdom that he said that no he jurassic said, park yeah jurassic the park, he said yep. it and then he said it again and so i guess it was first uttered by jeff goldblum <laughs> I was like, I'm like, hello, why don't I know that? He is the ultimate zaddy. Why don't I know all the things he says? <laughs> but, but um no, so I just it was really it was so so wonderful because it was just like they were they were in mourning and she was also in shock and she was like she's like my baby's not here like when she was in Spanish. I kept uh-huh. like translating for Jenny. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I was like, this is what she's saying. And um, (laughs) the speech that she gave, like, 
And it was so funny when the daughter was translating for the mom. And at the end, when they were like, we need to get her to the hospital. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, get to the hospital. And I can't remember what I was saying in Spanish. But I was like yelling at the screen. <laughs> and then, um, and then oh. the daughter was translating. And then she goes, no, um, he needs blood. You need care. You know, he needs the hospital, all these things. And then she was like telling her um, daughter um, when she was like speaking in Spanish to her daughter and I already start crying because she's uh-huh. like, no, I am his hospital. He is my blood. Uh-huh. And I was like, and I was crying. And when she said it, I was like, why are they not reacting? And I was like, oh, because they don't know what she's talking about yet. But you know what I mean? But the whole time, and then when they, it took the you pause, would be the worst real life translator ever. I would. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I can't, I can't tell you, but it was beautiful. But, no, it was so funny because when, it, like, I was so upset. Like, I found myself annoyed because I was wrapped up into it. Like, I knew what uh-huh. was. Like, I knew everything that was being said. My friend Megan makes fun of me because she's like, "Oh yeah, you're so bilingual." I know that I am not, but it was pretty simple Spanish. Like, you know what I mean, yeah. Oh I no, Sp- I was I Spanish it. minor in college. Like Spanish too. That's right. about it. Right. So. Like, I was like, in co- I was Spanish minor in college, so I could figure out what they're talking about, right? And it's fine. Mm-hmm. But like, it wasn't like I didn't need. Like, I could be in high school and know what they're talking about. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's fine, yeah. like you said. So it's fine. But the whole time, like, I was like. Why are they reacting? Oh my God, they're ruining it. There should be subtitles. That way everyone can react at the same time and be sad. Do you know what I mean? There are no subtitles in real life. <laughs> but that part was so beautiful. And that part touched mm-hmm. me. She's like, I am his hospital. He is my blood. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Damn pro-choice um, movement. Like, turning women against their babies and they should be like proto mama dugger over here <laughs> Dude, they, would not, they would not like 24 babies those pro-choice people yeah. anyway um uh, so along with that if you are gonna watch the rest of the series just be prepared to cry a lot i'm just telling you i know i've seen i've seen i told you i've seen some episodes but i was yeah gosh i was a wreck like i had to like not watch at one point and just fold laundry and try <laughs> and like process it because i wasn't going to be able to function i go i can't yeah. function if <laughs> like if i'm sad about these babies do you know what i mean i was sad about mrs you've Winston. been feeling all the feels <laughs> all the hashtag all the feels but i'm gonna use that hashtag when we post this episode, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm writing it down right now. Hashtag all the now you see the behind the scenes process, everybody. Right, <laughs> that's going to be one of the hashtags I use on our Instagram, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you can repost it on your Instagram. Yay! <laughs> no, so yeah, that's um, but yeah, that's I, I really. I really, really loved this show. It was so good. It was just really good. I was like, I need to watch more of it. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. This is what you do now. See, now I'm going to wa- actually watch more of this show. What show did I make you watch? I made you watch two shows this year. Jane the Virgin mm-hmm. and Good Place. Yeah. Have you continued watching any of those? And now I'm Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you have? Okay. <laughs> I was like, you're like, no, no, I have. And I was like, now I'm going to watch your show. And it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, yeah. Sometimes you got to pace yourself. <laughs> I know, right? No, but yeah, no. How I'm many gonna, feels? 
Yes, I'm like, I can't watch this. I can't binge this show because I will be, I will be a wreck, Shannon. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Maybe I can watch one or two a day. Maybe. I don't even know if I can do that. I'm going to cry all the day on time. It's like telling somebody to binge watch This Is Us. Don't do that. Yeah, no. Don't do that. <laughs> so much cry. I'm so glad that I watched it from the very first episode because there's no way. I was telling someone, they go, well, I'm thinking about watching. I go, don't binge it. And they're like, but I want to see it. And I go, I would not start it right now. <laughs> I would wait until you have like, literally, you can watch one a day. Maybe. I don't yeah. think you can do it. I can watch. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I love this show. I'm just saying, right? You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, <laughs> that was a tangent. Uh, okay. So let's move on. Let's, let's move on. Let's move it's on. Time. How long have we? Oh, look at that. 45 minutes. And we just covered the show. Like that's we're doing pretty well. Joe team. Wait, shows. Uh, team black all the way. Team quarter black shows. Um. Okay. So, oh, there was one thing that I did see um, when the nun was riding her bike with her. Like she's like, every time a pram empties, there's another baby to take its place. Mm-hmm. Um, like there always be babies born, and this is how it is. And she's like. Um, and she goes, until they invent a magic potion, Yeah, that's where we're going to be. And I go, don't be talking about birth control. <laughs> but Well, there's an interesting episode later when the birth control pill comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's an interesting episode about how the nuns react to it versus how the nurses do. So I recommend watching that sometime okay. if you want to. Okay. And about, um... And they really do a good job of showing both sides. And um, there's actually a later episode where you see some complications from the pill, too, mm-hmm. um, and how that affects people. So they, they do do a good job of, of not, like, whitewashing things, mm-hmm. um, major moral decisions like that. So No, that's anyway. good. Mm-hmm. Because right now, they're, like, it was 57 when it started. So the, are they going mm-hmm. year by year? So are they, are they in the mid-60s? Yeah, pretty yet? much, yes. It's, it's usually every year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay, no, that's good. I'm looking forward to seeing how they, things change. Like, I love historical mm-hmm. TV shows because then you get to see things as they happen and yeah. the effects that it had. I mean, there's all, I mean, there has been birth control for quite a while. Like, it's not, do you know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. not a new thing. It's not with the people, like, like abortion is People in ancient Egypt. Since, like, the second were century. Were, some things. Right? It's like, Before. they... They had they have magic From the beginning potions. of human civilization. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's funny. So, not funny, haha, but just, you know, whatever. Not funny at all. But um, I was telling someone, I go, I think a lot of, um, a lot of the pro-abortion mindset and how that's picked up steam and it, it has a lot to do, it centers around shame. And so mm. that's why there's like, birth control is like no one I can't get pregnant because then I'll be looked down on or mm-hmm. um no one can know that I'm pregnant because you know because this mm-hmm. and a lot of it centered on shame and I'm like yeah there are always ways to not because basically a pregnancy is proof <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. like mm-hmm. it's proof of something whatever you want to say good things bad things in between things and people will do anything to eliminate the proof you know, like, that's the, the thing that makes me sad. Just, um, 
when I was in high school, one of my friends could not walk the stage at graduation. Oh, goodness. I made mm. your face quite large. I can just see your eyes. That's <laughs> really funny. <laughs> Um, one of my friends, sorry, on Skype, I pushed a button tonight because there's this icon. I'm trying to get rid of it, and it didn't happen. But anyway, Shannon, you're covering my computer screen. It's okay. It's almost like having a huge life size. It's fine. Um, so my friend in high school, she was not allowed to walk um, because she was pregnant. And I went to a Catholic college prep school, and so that's mm-hmm. kind of where we, that's that's what it was. It was 1997. It was 1997. Because my school, we had a, when we graduated, we had a girl who was pregnant, or maybe she had had her baby, but they, they she, everyone supported her, and she was welcome, and like, they're, yeah. you know, it was just, we're going to take care of you. Well, yeah, no, and you, when did you graduate high school? Uh, 03, I think, Yes. Okay, yeah. So a little bit later than you. So, right. Mm -hmm. You graduated high school after I had my baby, Lord Jesus. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's fine. No, because I had him in April of 2003. But, um, so, she wasn't allowed to walk. And and my thing was, I was so annoyed by this. And I told him, I remember telling our principal and president, because I opposed that decision. And, like, she was kind of like, it is what it is. You know, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't want to shame my family. And I was like, "Do you think other girls here aren't having sex? Do you think that's happening? Do you think that's what this is?" And I go, "I can tell you for a fact that they are." And they're like, "Well, that's not the issue." And I go, "They just didn't get pregnant, or you can't see it. Like that's not fair." You know, mm-hmm. I was like, "That's not fair." I go, "You're not." And I even said, "I go, would you rather her just not be pregnant? Like, what would you mm-hmm. rather that be?" And this was back when I thought I was pro-choice because I went yeah. to an all-girls high school and we were like real empowered <laughs> but <laughs> no but still at the same time no they do a really good job of helping us understand the difference like I knew mm-hmm. you know in high school but I was very much like well should she just got an abortion so she can walk and they they were mm-hmm. really I don't know if they've changed their minds since I have no idea Hopefully. but right but it was one of those things where it's like there's so much shame surrounding pregnancy mm-hmm. when you didn't check off certain boxes and yeah. that is why there's so much and it's like it's so sad where they're like why do you have so many kids why do you do that you know yeah. what I mean like you don't mm-hmm. have enough money to have kids shame mm-hmm. you know what I mean like you're too young to be pregnant shame you're not married shame like do you know what I mean like Mm-hmm. It's make- too bad you don't watch Game of Thrones because we could have some great clips right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I know. I'm okay. going to. My sister actually yelled at me, and she's like, "She's like, why haven't you watched it yet?" And I go, "I'm so sorry." And because uh, she's like, "It's the last season coming up. You need to mm-hmm. watch it." And I was like, "I know. That's what Shannon told me. So I have to watch it." Um, and because I've met two, I've met two actors from the Game of Thrones. Um, because what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I look your face and my face like whoops. No, because they're also we're in Doctor Who stuff. Yes. And mm-hmm. so you know, I do my Doctor Who convention every mm-hmm. year. So, um, I got to meet, I got to meet the White Walker, like the guy who plays the White Walker. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just do you know it's just one guy. Yes. Like it's one guy, and he's pretty mm-hmm. cool. And he likes my name. Every time he sees me, he says my name. And I was like, thanks, dude. He also plays the silence in Doctor Who. So, uh, there you go, right? I can't remember his okay. name right now. It's so sad. Yeah. If he listens to this podcast, he'll be very sad and disappointed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe he's the one in the UK. 
but it, maybe maybe and then also finn jones mm-hmm. who was iron fist because he used to be on sarah jane adventures and so mm-hmm. i got him to autograph a picture for my sister and her boyfriend and he drew mm-hmm. hearts all over it it was really funny so there are other people that are in the same universe so anyway mm-hmm. yeah so absolutely maybe i will watch him and be like i met that guy i met that guy <laughs> That'd be super, super great. Hilarious. Uh, okay. Anyway, moving sorry, on. Moving on. So shame. Shame. You know, it's your fault. You, this tangent was your fault this time. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and so it's, so and that even comes up. What I loved about this were there were still the, all these women, even though I feel a lot of the pro-choice movement and a lot of the abortion supporters, like, like shame is the currency in which they can run their business, like, you know, and like um, yeah. keep it going. But these women, um, whether or not their views change or whether or not they would change if they had options, they refused to be ashamed. You uh-huh. know, they really did. And they had a group of supportive women that didn't let them feel shame. Yeah. And I think that was awesome. And I think Jenny started out that way. Jenny was started out like, why you got 20 some kids like why mm-hmm. is that a thing you know but really it is not a thing. <laughs> oh no, no it's not oh my god girl i was like oh my gosh like i don't know how i don't know how they're still making kids i feel like yeah. some parts would not they would be a little bit worse for wear i'm just saying i'm just saying okay that's where i'm gonna go also how do you not live on the toilet like i would have to pee all the time if I had 24 kids, like, right. Am I right? I'm I'm right. You know, I'm right. I'm just saying, but, um, how, like she hadn't had a period since she had her first kid. Did you hear that part? Yes. Crazy. Like, yeah, she hasn't had a period ever <laughs> since this kid. No more. Period. That is effective. That is effective. Uh, period control there. Tell you what. <laughs> That is quite effective. I don't know about that, but okay. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, man, because it sucks. But hey, also no, I wouldn't. I couldn't. That's a no. That's a no for no. me, dog. But anyway, no. so I'm a hard no. That's a right. It's like no. So I just, I really loved how these women uh, just refused to be shamed. And this, well, this is coming from a time before the terms pro-life and pro-choice even existed. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, everyone was just by default pro-life if you want to, mm-hmm. you know, like, do you know what I mean? By, no, by yeah. default, like not, cause there wasn't, there was no other viable, was illegal. accessible mm-hmm. option. It wasn't illegal and there was no other accessible option like birth control mm-hmm. and pill form and birth control to families in poverty was not yet available. Um, mm-hmm. it didn't actually become available. It, I think it was like, it was it like 61 or... 62 mm-hmm. do, do you know when it was i think no natural was. family planning back then no that was not a thing <laughs> no <laughs> right exactly no i mean margaret singer was pretty old when she made birth control accessible so okay so it was like it was in the 60s when it became mm-hmm. available in pill form um so let's just lead on into that so uh birth control I'm going to say 60s. What do you say? I'm gonna, let's find out. Yeah, let right me, about that. Let me do, um, gosh. Um, so when, 
okay you're like you're like i'm just gonna like because i have lots i have lots of opinions they may not be correct opinions but (laughs) or they're correct for me and i'm okay with them so what were their oh what was it greece during the greece they had the saran wrap contraceptive (laughs) method which didn't work remember in the greece the musical the musical greece yeah uh yes back back in that time it was um that's when they were like Oh, like it was all barrier methods and no contraception. Mm-hmm. And so like none of that worked like at all because it was like saran wrap. It's like, no, also no. <laughs> I love how you're laughing. Oh. But no, and then we got oral contraception and birth control pills in the 60s. And that was helped in development like by Margaret Sanger who I believe is one of the worst people in the world. But I'm like, I'm like, I don't know how to stay objective about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's the founder of Planned Parenthood, um, which started as a what was called a Methuselah League, which was um, a league that promoted um, birth control for the sake of eugenics. And eugenics was a... Um, sort of half science in the uh, turn of the century, the turn of the 20th century and, um, you know, 20s-ish that picked up steam, basically trying to create the perfect human. Uh, And, of course, along with that, creating the perfect human in that time meant a white upper-class human. Educated. (laughs) educated um and um and so Planned Parenthood especially had its start in a very um racist elitist uh milieu right um and there are writings from Margaret Sanger that uh talk about what she wanted and she was an advocate of um sterilization for people who were deemed unfit to breed which again usually meant brown black people and also especially disabled people um and it it wasn't just mentally handicapped people it was any type of handicapped people Um, and a lot of that um and this was a worldwide movement but a lot of that was also picked up um in Nazi Germany, not surprising, and became the quote-unquote scientific basis for what happened um, during the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And so you can see how problematic that would be. And so it really, for me, shows that when we undercut the dignity of any human being, we start to lose the basis for so much of our morality, yes. our human morality. Not, not. I'm not talking about this as a Christian person. Yeah. Um, but just as a, a person who believes in goodness and truth. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, it was also the reason um, became some of the underpinnings for things like the Dis- Tuskegee experiments, where um, you know, black men who had syphilis were not treated to basically study how they became crazy and died. Um, And it became, 
you know, the underpinnings for for sterilization in southern states of poor women and especially um, poor women of color. So all of these things are tied up in that. Um, and I know we talked a few weeks ago about the statistics of uh, abortions by racial categories. So a lot of that is all tied up in this. And I think, um, I mean, I am pro-life not because of that, but I think it adds to that for me as a um as a minority because uh you know like i just feel like when anyone participates in their own oppression it is a major problem <laughs> so yeah. i won't go to that, that we hinder we that. hinder process we, or hinder yep. progress when mm-hmm. that happens you know like mm-hmm. we that's what we're doing um mm-hmm. it just uh it makes me so sad and um like we were, like her, her direct quote was that she wanted to limit fertility of the mm-hmm. mentally and physically defective. Like that was what mm-hmm. she said. And so you can find a few of her books, right? And but the ones that um, that people have like pulled from or quoted from, you can't find those in print right now. Like it's mm-hmm. difficult to find those, you know. And because no one, people don't want that word out anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, we don't want them to know that we absolutely want it. You know what I mean? To be rid. Uh-huh. This is where it was started. This is where it was founded. I do not believe, um, just in my reading and my, I think my understanding, it wasn't about abortion. From uh-huh. like Margaret Singer. Like, that's what it became. Like, right? Like, uh-huh. it just, it was about, it's about population control and, and birth uh-huh. control. You know, it was about uh-huh. making sure birth control was given to everyone. Because even... They even said um, one of her oppositions, um, because a lot of her talk was about eugenics, and that's, you know, like eliminating, you know what I mean? Like, pretty much yeah. eliminating a race. But um, what I was going to say, but a lot of her stance, a lot of people argue that her stance was eugenics, not because, you know, she hated all black people, but because the people that would support her were pro-eugenics. They didn't want birth control accessible because maybe uh-huh. the educated people wouldn't would be the ones that were taking it. Right? Uh-huh. And it was like, oh my gosh, like, stop. <laughs> because if you gave everyone access to education, then there would be no need. <laughs> Do you know uh-huh. what I mean? Where it's kind of like there are all these things that are trickled uh-huh. down. It's like, well, we don't want the educated people to take birth control because then uh-huh. we have idiots in the world. And it's like, but you can literally control who gets educated. Like, yep. do you know? <laughs> well, and that's what the assumption that people who don't have access to education are dumb. Yes. Even and they're not. <laughs> they're not dumb. Like, right? It's yep. like everyone has this. I mean, and people have different capacities to learn. I mean, people have learning disabilities <laughs> and things like that. And I know, I know so many people that are incredibly smart that didn't have access to education, don't have a formal education. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But mommy ain't raised no fools. Like, uh-huh. you know, uh, hello. Um, I know a gentleman by the name of Will Hunting who did not uh-huh. have access to education. He uh-huh. liked to know how you liked apples and all those things. And he was a pretty smart guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm such a dork, I know. But um, no, I just, so it was a lot of that. It was a lot of, um, she basically believed that, and I, again, I, and I know there's so many different quotes out there 
and things. And a lot of people want to argue that this was a, a, it was a misinterpreted quote, but she wrote in a letter, like, we do not want word to get out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And uh-huh. she basically, when they were like, oh no, they, th- she just didn't want to be misunderstood. And it was like, no, she said what she said. And uh-huh. she also um, recruited like ministers and other pillars of the black community uh-huh. to help in her mission and her cause to be like, this is great for you, isn't it? This is wonderful. If you guys had less mouths to feed, you would totally be able to support this community. So uh-huh. how about we embrace birth control and talk about that? You know, uh-huh. and and that was just really sad. And it would, and it's evolved into not just birth control, but when birth control fails, boom, uh-huh. abortion. You know, because uh-huh. this baby isn't wanted anyway, right? Because you don't want to get pregnant. And I'm like, that's just um, so much of it is so, it is, a lot of it is so much against what we as women used to do for each other and what uh-huh. we used to be, you know, and it yeah. was, and that's why when we watched Call the Midwife, it was so comforting to just kind of see that again, where it was women supporting uh-huh. women and women being women. Like Mrs. Winston was a hot mess, right? Beating people up in the streets and, uh-huh. you know, and that happened. But at the end of the day, she was still a woman and she still uh-huh. mourned for her lost baby. And, you know, and that yeah. was still very much, I mean, that was part of her personality, not part of, you know, because she's a woman, but it was, we've lost that point where, and I won't say that we stopped supporting each other, but we lost the way we support each other. And I think that uh-huh. we, we are not better off for it. You know, like uh-huh. we have lost so many great minds, wonderful minds. Um, we've lost a lot of, of ourselves in that too. You know, uh-huh. um, I think it, and it, it, it really, it hurts and kind of cheapens like who we are as women and how strong we are as women. Uh-huh. Or, um, and it also doesn't, it doesn't show the best of humanity because we're so afraid to experience shame or to have people uh-huh. see our shame that we would rather cover it up and move on. Right. Uh-huh. No matter what that might be, or we've become so accustomed to not being met, um, as who we are as women and what our bodies can do that we are so quick to embrace this option Uh you know, like, like we're so used to the fact that we'll probably get discriminated against if we're pregnant. Like we've normalized that discrimination Uh by embracing abortion. Does Uh that, am I making sense when I say that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think along with that, one thing I really like to say is that when we're talking about pro-life, particularly as Catholics, we're not just talking about getting babies out of the womb, right? Like, uh, it's about all these things. And that's why I really wanted to watch this episode in particular, because we see the other things that are, um, essential to supporting people in all stages. And actually the call the midwife is great because they talk about end of life issues and treatment issues. Who do we treat? How do we treat them? Right. Like all of these issues surrounding, the importance and dignity of life and, and giving people good care in spite of their circumstances. Um, and, and right. Like for, for me as a Catholic, poverty is a, is an issue. Dignity respects the way that we treat immigrants, the way that we treat, Mm -hmm. um, people who are, uh, depressed, the way that we take care of the elderly and the poor and the vulnerable people with mental, um, with a limited mental capacity, things like that. Uh, all of those are 
a part of promoting the life and dignity of every person. And that's what the church stands for, because that's what Jesus Christ stood for, right? Like we see him over and over again, affirming people who are downcast, um, outcast, downtrodden, and um, who are suffering. You know, I think of that woman, the woman who was hemorrhaging for 12 years, who touches the hem of Jesus' garment um, and is healed, right? Like, think about the the horrible pain and shame and um, disconnection she probably felt from her community. Um, and some of that was, you know, the this for the sake of, you know, um, purity laws that had to exist to keep people safe, right? Like there, um, sometimes I think we talk about the the Jewish culture at the time as like, oh, this negative thing that outcasts everybody. That's not true. Like people were people were taken out of the community when they were sick so they wouldn't pass it on. You know, right? Like right. so you wouldn't get like leprosy instead. It's not because uh, they hated, uh, you know, um, you know, and a lot of people will say like, oh, the Pharisees at this time or like the Pharisees did this. And right, it's it's not them. It's it's part of this culture that's set up to in order to keep the the group intact and that's a good thing we do stuff like that all the time right like why do we have prisons because we don't want murderers running around killing people right, right? Like, we don't. Um, exactly so like it's not it's, a good look. Um, anyway i'm going off on a tangent about uh you know be be kind towards jewish brothers and sisters they're wonderful and yes. they're not crazy like right Christianity yeah. to replace it um <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, so, you know, I think about that story of this woman who, um, was healed by Jesus and all of the things that go along with that and how that was so much, not just about her illness, but also about her dignity and being able to come back to the community. Um, and there's, and there's, you know, we can go through a million stories of Jesus healing people and, and bringing people back into community, but, um, that's who he is and if we as christians profess to follow him we need to act like him in every circumstance not just when there's a baby in a womb not just when there's a person on death row Mm -hmm. all of those things are part of it and we need to advocate for the poor and vulnerable and the powerless because they can't do it themselves okay (laughs) no so you're saying that and so i um when we were talking about doing this episode and um there's this article it came out a couple of years ago. Um, it's the biblical woman.com. Have you heard of mm-hmm. them? No, yeah, but uh, I'm so, going to check it out. Now. No. So um, I think it's like a seminary and they have this blog. <laughs> um, <laughs> but one of the blog, and I had to just find it just now. I was like, let me find that um, really quick. Cause I'm going to, and I'll put it in the show notes too, but there's an article written by a woman named Katie McCoy. And it says, we can't be pro-life if we're not anti-poverty. So, yeah. That was a lot of the things when it frustrates me because I was like, why do we have to explain that? <laughs> you know, like uh-huh. some people that profess to be pro-life that, like you said, it's very much like that baby needs to be born. It's like, okay, like let's, if we're going to ensure that this baby is born, we have to ensure that this baby has abundant life, you know, yeah. and, and that they're going to eat when they get right? out of the womb. <laughs> and so, and it's not like, do you know, and it's, it's so sad. It's like we're. People don't um, think to take care of the mother before the... It's like Uh a lot of programs are... Like, we have a lot of government programs that... Like, the WIC program, that is helpful, right? Uh If you are approved. 
right? Like uh-huh. we have the uh-huh. working poor for re- like, you uh-huh. know, like there's so many government programs where it's like, if you make more than this, you can't you're get off. It. You're yeah. Off. You can't get it. And it's really, it's really sad. It's really awful, but you have to be anti-poverty. You have to work to eliminate the conditions that make people want to have an abortion. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that is not, and I, and I say all the time, I go, I am not, and this has been like, people get mad at me. I'm not, I don't want to make abortion unlawful, right? That takes too much work. I want to make it unthinkable. You know what I mean? Uh, like, not that, not that it takes much. Sure. I'm super uh-huh. lazy. I don't want to make it out of law. I'm the laziest person ever. That is not true. But it's like, that's not, my focus is not making it, changing the law. My focus is changing uh-huh. hearts, changing, changing circumstances, changing, uh-huh. uh, and uh, changing resources, you know? And uh-huh. so that's a lot of that. Like, it won't be viable to change that law and it won't be viable to make it unthinkable uh-huh. if people feel like they can actually make it right. Uh-huh. A lot, a huge reason why you hear people like in poverty communities and black communities, like I can't have this baby. I don't have any support. If I have this baby growing up, uh-huh. growing up black, a lot of things that you hear and other black people that are listening to the podcast would hear you are told pretty much not too long after you get your period that you better not come home with any babies. Huh. Right. Like that, that's a, that's a huge, that's a narrative. Like that's uh-huh. part of the narrative. It's like, don't come home with any babies. Don't do it. Right. If you're a young black girl and you're listening, you know that your mom told you that. Like, you know what I mean? It's, you should keep that baby. Take right? care of it. And that's like, the thing. You. Marcy We're, and I literally will help you. Yes. We will. We will. <laughs> like legit. We'll figure man. it out. <laughs> um, We're not just saying like, oh, we'll help you. Like, no, we will. Yes, like, <laughs> yes exactly. You need to put we'll our. We'll figure it out. We will help you figure it out. And that, and that's really important. And it was, that was even when I, when I found out I was pregnant, my first thought was not, oh no, how am I going to do this? My thought was, can I get an abortion this late? Like, I'm not kidding. Like that, Uh like that's a real, that was a real circumstance Uh because I didn't have, I didn't have resources like, or I wasn't aware of my resources at the time. Uh Um, and I mean, because I am resourceful, I figure them out. <laughs> like, um, I didn't know what resources I had. I knew that I couldn't, like, I couldn't tell my mom because she was going to be mad. I couldn't tell my family. Like, none of my family knew until after I had the baby and he was placed up for adoption that I had a baby. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's what we're told. Like, there's that shame, that whole shame sham, <laughs> you know? And, um, and when, the res- when communities are under-resourced, and the only resource is to eliminate uh-huh. a pregnancy, you know, like, uh-huh. um, that's where we are. And so like this article said, like, we can't be pro-life if we're not anti-poverty, if we're not pumping resources into communities, if we're not giving them another option, it's just like you saying, um, to someone that you're trying to help. Um, oh, it's just like saying to a student, um, you need to, your grades are bad. You need to put your, bring your grades up. And then you walk away. You don't offer anything. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, your hmm. grades are bad. You need to fix your grades. And then that's it. And you don't say, hey, your grades are bad. How about a tutor? How about <laughs> some extra, you know, study time? Do you need to see me in my office hours? Like, those, uh-huh. do you know what I mean? Like, do you see? Like, and that's where yep. we are. And, and we forget that. And when we're not making sure that there are food pantries in communities, we're not making sure like I, and I feel that 
um, a lot of this um, in Call of Advice, they were solving one problem, right? And that yeah. Was, uh, well, not one problem. They were so, they were helping. They were offering assistance for one mm-hmm. particular, like quote unquote, symptom of poverty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? um, but at the same, like, and I think that now, like, we don't do that enough as pro-life mm-hmm. people. And I say we, general we, that a lot of people that say they're pro-life, but then those same people won't, like, won't go to other communities and help other communities or won't give mm-hmm. or, um, and that, and that's hard. Or when it's a canned food drive, they get like the grossest thing, like wax beans. Like, you know how many wax yeah. beans? No, do you know what I mean? It's like. You need to respect the personhood of the Uh living person right now. If you are going to respect the personhood of an unborn person, like seriously, Uh y'all, I'm going to call y'all out. Is someone who has been the recipient of food drive items. What'd you say? (laughs) So many wax. No more. Nobody eats. Who the hell? Heck. Who the heck eats wax beans, Shannon? Do you know a Not person? Me. Do you know a person that does? Also, where do you find wax beans? Where do you do that? That's not okay. <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> like, do you know? So it's mm-hmm. we have to respect the person of the living person and the person that is mm-hmm. in poverty. If we are yeah, Sam, can I put in a little plug as yes. we sort of like wrap up our time yes. here? Um, for those of you who don't know this, um, Meyer, the big um, Midwest grocery box store chain, mm-hmm. um, is really great at helping out local food pantries to, to speak of um, pro-life things. Um, and they they offer huge discounts to local food pantries um, that they can buy fresh produce and everything straight off the truck like all the good mm-hmm. stuff that we get in the grocery store not like the secondhand stuff that is left over wax beans buy it. yeah wax beans um they can buy that at a, at a seriously discounted cost um they also just give i mean they give like the big things of, like chicken breasts and all of that stuff like the stuff that we would go to the grocery store and be like, yeah, I'm going to buy that $7 cake. Like that's what they give to the food pantries, mm-hmm. the, the stuff that we who are privileged and um, well off enough to have to be able to buy whatever we want at the grocery store, the stuff that we would buy too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also um, about four times a year um, or sorry, usually two times a year per food pantry and about like um, four to eight times a year total, they have um, giving days where if you buy um a uh, gift card a Meyer gift card for a local food pantry they will um match that um they usually do it for a week where they match it and then there's four days a year where they they quadruple it so if you um if you buy 25 dollars, it turns into a hundred dollars for the food pantry that's awesome uh, so um, while I'm not endorsing, like I tend generally don't endorse companies as like, yeah, they're great. Um, if you can shop at Meyer, especially on those days, you can go and like give, um, find out when they are contact some of your local food pantries and see if they, um, go through Meyer and see if you can help them by going to Meyer on those days and shopping on those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and that your the profits from your sale as well as, um, any gift cards you buy can really, really impact them for the entire year. Um, I know our local food pantry that um, runs through our, um, that our parish gives to, they literally get hundreds of thousands of dollars of food and gift cards from Meyer every year at no cost to them. And it allows 
all sorts of people who come to them to really have dignity. Um, and I'll tell one more story before I end. Um, there was a, a woman not long ago who came to our food pantry. Um, and she, she came through, she was really starving. Um, and you could tell that she was starving, uh, and our director of outreach who runs the food pantry is a wonderful woman and just wants to help everybody. Um, and she, you know, she's like, I just knew uh, that that she was really hurting. And she walked through and, you know, she's asking her, do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want this? Do you want some chicken? Um, and the woman said, yeah, sure, I'll take a chicken breast. And the woman thought that this would be like one chicken breasts like one total and they walked in they gave her like the big one that has like six or seven chicken breasts on it and that was like what she got and the woman literally started weeping because she wasn't you know this was the something she never thought that she could have because she was going to the food pantry and anybody who's ever had to part, um, not participate in a food pantry but partake of a food pantry and be um, dependent on that um, could, would probably tell you the same thing, that to be able to have yeah. that is not only um, amazing, but but really shocking um, and, and can be emotionally life-changing mm-hmm. because it means that they're worth getting good stuff because they're, they are. Because they're reminding you of your dignity. Yeah, and exactly. And that also, like, uh, so I used to... I, I we, we got from the food pantries quite a bit when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. I actually started volunteering at the food pantry in eighth grade so that I can get more food for our family. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I would volunteer. Yeah. And when you volunteered, you could take a bag of food. And so I would mm-hmm. start being like, well, I'm a volunteer on this day. <laughs> and then I'm going to bring my sister with me to volunteer. <laughs> and, and, we, and we talk about mom, it. Like, yeah. It just reminds you just how good God is and how far you've come. Yeah. Because my mom was like, yeah, if you didn't volunteer at the food pantry, there were times like, we're not going to eat. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like food pantry, <laughs> bring on those wax beans. But, um, but no, but there is that we have to re well I feel like work needs to be done to like you said restore people's understanding that they Mm -hmm. have dignity Mm -hmm. and just well and remind everyone else that these people have dignity you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's our job to like it's our preserving dignity is our job it's everyone's job Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and I think that and that that's really that's a really beautiful story because Mm -hmm. you don't think you're going to get chicken breast or you know what I mean or whatever it's like you may not even get any let alone like you don't expect to get you know a full pack like the family pack you know and in all honesty a lot of the times where it's not just um, when you when you live in poverty. It's not like you are you are more susceptible to other diseases like diabetes mm-hmm. because the food mm-hmm. that you have access to is food that's high in sodium, high in fat. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, lots of carbs, lots yeah. of carbs that and like and like empty sugars and you know like it's mm-hmm. just <laughs> things that aren't good for you that are cheap. And then people mm-hmm. and people are like, oh yeah, I'll donate all this food to this food pantry, but it was mm-hmm. cheap, and here I am, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's and and that causes childhood obesity, which causes mm-hmm. more problems later, and you know. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be pro quality of life, pro mm-hmm. for everybody that like for every single person, and or organizations like Planned Parenthood will continue to thrive. You know, mm-hmm. or um, 
abortion doctors will continue to thrive. And, Uh you know, and it's, um, we have, we have to create options for others. If, and this is kind of every single pro-life person, like just spend some time in your day figuring out how you can help someone like remind them of their dignity and remind you of their dignity. Cause that's kind of mm-hmm. where we are. But, um, sorry, were you done with your thought that you had? I am. I, am. Uh, I do want to say one thing and I'll, and I'm pretty sure I'll post it on our, our Instagram before this, um, episode drops, but uh new wave feminist, mm-hmm. they are doing, um, uh, they're doing a stop operation, stop the flow. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just, hey, because it's a huge, yeah, it's a it's huge real. part. It's real, man. That's a huge part of dignity too. Um, where they are, if you, you can, if they're trying to, they're collecting money so they can specifically buy um, tampons and like all sanitary products for women um, mm-hmm. during this hurricane time. It's serious. It's really difficult. Uh, for women to get those things, you mm-hmm. know, um, even, the grocery stores flooded. <laughs> like right, like and, it, and, it's, yeah. and it's like we need them. Like mm-hmm. so, it's over operation stop the flow, um, and so they are doing it. So you can go to their website newwavefeminist.com and click on their a uh, support button, and mm-hmm. that will take you to all that stuff. So I wanted to put that out there because. Um, what better way to help someone in their dignity than making uh-huh. sure that, you know, all their clothes aren't ruined. I'm just uh-huh. like, yep, absolutely. like real time. Or you're not using old t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like all the things, like I, just some of the things that I hear that women have to do because mm-hmm. there's no access. Um, okay. That, uh, yeah, that, that was, that we, ta- we talked it. a lot. We, that, 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 that does it. We, we talked a whole bunch about <laughs> a lot of things um, that we were, that we were loving, that we were excited about. Oh, there you go. Does you hear yeah. it? Do you hear it? Um, I theme song. So, yeah. So I want to say there's also a corn honking of some sort. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Like, I know you're here out there. I was like, oh, that's not part of the song. But um, <laughs> I want to say, make sure you check out Call the Midwife. If you, I don't know why you would listen to this episode without hearing it, but it's cool. <laughs> Sometimes I do that too. But, um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's now streaming on Netflix. You can find it there. Uh, you can follow, you can email us. Let us know what you think. Give us some of your ideas for a show. Um, you can email, oh, next week's episode, so you can watch, will uh-huh. be... The Doctor Who two-parter. Um, it's a two-part Doctor Who episode, um, right? That's what we're doing next week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we. It's uh, it's the Satan Pit, and then the, what's the other one called? It's two. It's two episodes. The next. And the, the one after. It's basically, <laughs> and it's either the episode the Satan Pit is one of them, and then the one before that is another. Mm-hmm. One. It's mm-hmm. a two-part episode. It's the it's the tenth doctor, Doctor and Rose. Um, so you can find my us. favorite doctor. <laughs> it's so funny. My doctor's the one before that, but uh, <laughs> number nine. But yes, it's my favorite companion though. So that's next week's episode. So make sure you listen. You can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at PSBB Podcast. You can email us at classgirlsinbasicblack at gmail.com. You can now follow Shannon at Team Quarter Black <laughs> on Instagram. And you can follow me as always on both of my Instagrams because I'm ridiculous. Um, you can follow me at 
what's it called? The Hot Mess Heroine on Instagram and stylishly underscore CF. So, oh, oh, and this music that you are jamming to right now is, um, what is it called? The Seas, what is it called, Shannon? Seas of Mars. Seas of Mars, which is almost the episode of a Doctor Who episode, just saying. But (laughs) Seas of Mars by Jazra, right? J-A-A-Jazar. Jazar. That's right. I was like, I couldn't read my own handwriting. All right. <laughs> to tell you, it's the episode is The Impossible Planet and Satan Pit. Both of those episodes. Watch them and love them. Okay. Until next time, guys, you have a great week. Pray Bye. for us. Because <laughs> we're <Absolutely>. crazy. <laughs> Bye. Bye.